This is Kai Stewart, reading bedtime stories for nobody. Far to the south, a long way from here, where the mud volcanoes boil and salvation rises up against the mountain, there is a silent sea. Its waves are soundless. Its surface ripples uneasily and reaches only occasionally up the beach. It is a resting place for migratory birds, but the birds of that sea never sing. A slow wind rolls over it, and the beaches are made of bones. It is not old, at least not for a sea, at least not in this incarnation. There is a woman in Brooklyn, one in Palanza, one in Duan Vale, one in Kikai, who could remember its birth though I don't know whether any of them do remember, whether any of them know of the sea at all. There are many seas, and one might spend a lifetime, even a lifetime as long as theirs, without knowing them all. In its current incarnation, the sea is called the place among the willows. The willow belongs to the moon, as all seas do, as this sea does with its luminous ground and airless silence. In previous lives it was called Master, Big Head, The Count, and a single word that could mean either white or black. This last is my favorite, because it is so visibly true. In the daylight, the low clouds that line the bowl of sky and the salt that cakes the few pylons of an absent pier and the bones of the beach all hold the same light, still, nacreous and indefinite, casting no shadows. The first steps onto the beach crush fragments of bone so small they're barely recognizable. They shift and cough and whisper beneath your feet. As you walk towards the water, the pieces get bigger. The water, nor the wind, nor the passage of time or feet have yet ground them down. I saw the skulls of fish, the vertebrae and ribs, the gills, the fins, whole clusters of barnacles. A small TV sat in the surf line with its tube broken out. Barnacles had grown inside it, forming structures like furniture in a sitcom set on an alien planet. The water was brown and greasy, still and clear as a bowl of soup. I stepped onto the first of the luminous pylons, then the second, and the third. And by the fifth, I could not tell how far away the water was or the next pylon. Everything was the same silence, the same light, the same shimmering scum, and it pressed in around me, both close and far, suffocating and annihilated. I looked at the austaic knob of the next pylon, the flat pane of the sea, and any of it could have been close enough to touch or too far to jump to. Everything in the world was the same, and without contrast, there was no meaning. I had no conviction that any outcome was more likely than any other. And since several outcomes ended with me in water of unknown depth and obvious fetter, I turned around. That night, 
Under a full moon, the sky and the sea were the same sleepless indigo, and the moon and the beach were the same pale prickle. The silence was softer, more permeable. I could hear things passing through it. There was no whisper of surf against the bones of the beach, no rustle of the sea breathing or turning over, but the silence of the sea at night listened. It was a silence of stars wandering and the breath of sleeping birds. Outside a ring of earth higher than I could reach over is the living town. It is a soap bubble town, a town that won't exist in a hundred years and didn't exist a hundred years ago. Outside the ring there are auto body shops, convenience stores, a few broad, dry trees hugging the ground. The homes were transplanted. Their hearts were all at one point migratory, but their residents have built them up in so many layers of deck and patio, rooftop garden and pool, bower and lattice and skylight that further travel seems impractical. Outside the ring, cars plug driveways, and there are the signs that people leave. Outside the ring there is a breeze, and it moves the leaves of the low trees, and it swirls the dust of the street. Inside the ring, a gentle slope of land runs down to the sea, and all the long dune grass lies plastered flat to the mud. There are splintered timbers, soft drifts of fiberglass insulation, heaps of fish heads. There is half of a toilet sheltering a colony of barnacles. The houses inside the ridge may not have been migratory in their hearts, but winds and water moved them anyway, picked them up and put them down, stripped away their skin and flesh, moved toilet bowls outside, split couches in half, and set them in the front yard, vanished windows entirely. The houses inside the ridge are only a few of the skeletons that make up the beach. There is a town outside and a town inside and there is also a town beneath. It is not uncommon for a town to be drowned in the surface of water. The towns of Alma and Lexington lie beneath the Lexington Reservoir. Kron Venosta lies beneath Lago de Rizia. The Cabin Reservoir swallowed Dana, Enfield, Greenwich, and Prescott. Those who lived there are all gone, and new tenants have taken their place. Tilapia and Shad, Barnacles and Brine Shrimp. Matter has gathered itself to the houses beneath the sea, plastered them with white salt, paved them with brown silt, built them up with barnacles added on galleries where fish pass. It is a mirror of the houses outside the ring. The houses of the outer town have accreted, built on various layers, grown outward like a pearl. The houses of the inner town have dispersed, blown wide like dandelions. The houses of the town beneath have condensed, becoming more solid and silent taken into the body of the sea. Houses outside the ring are shaped by their inhabitants, inside the ring shaped by strong, brief event, 
but houses under the sea are shaped by a slow, constant environment. They move almost as if dreaming, led in a dance they do not feel, acted upon but untouched. The sea is filling up with salt. Salty rivers feed the sea, and wastewater from the surrounding farmland runs into it, carrying the many potions of industry. No rivers leave the sea, bearing away armfuls of salt and silt. Water leaves only through evaporation, and it can take nothing along. So as time passes, the sea becomes saltier and more muddy. The things that can live in the sea number fewer, and the distance between the bottom of the sea and its surface lessens. One day the sea's current incarnation will end. From nothing to nothing, from glacier to seafloor to cloud, plain to flood to plain, we will walk from one end to the other across a bed of bones and find the things the tornado hid. Birds will rest elsewhere, and the town beneath will emerge. There will be no sea where now there is a sea, salty and silent, still beneath the hanging roof of cloud.